Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless it is a glorious day here. First of all, it's like mid-60s, not a cloud in the sky. Pristine fall Minnesota weather today. The Vikings play a Thursday night football game. And we've got Reckless Speculation Thursday and a scoop session with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. It's about as happy as I can be right now in this moment. Loving wife, loving dog. You know, this is great. <laughs> Dog's demanding. Reckless Speculation (laughs) Thursday, our favorite day of the week. Think about it, gentlemen. One week from today, the Wild are on the practice Uh ice. Two weeks from today, Timberwolves Media Day. Wow. The Timberwolves on the practice court, day one of training camp, two weeks from tomorrow. I love this time of the year. Oh, that's great. Don't look now, Dukes, but... The Wild actually has a rookie camp this weekend at which Connor Bedard of the Blackhawks is going to participate. Connor Bedard, this is great. Wow, let's go. Yes, in fact, our mutual friend, my colleague on the TV side, Chris Long, was over at Wild Prospects practice yesterday, the Tom Curver Showcase. Yeah, He had a chance to bond with Billy Guerin, Wallstat, Sammy Walker, some others. So, yeah. Hockey is in the air. All the guys are in town. All guys are skating right now, including Erickson Eck coming off that injury. Ryan Hartman coming off that injury. So, yeah, it's a fun time of the year if you're a hockey fan, if you're a basketball fan, if you're a football fan, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a soccer fan. It's all hmm. coming together. So you uh, you guys uh, on yesterday's scoop session, you guys hit Vikings pretty hard. They played tonight. We can sprinkle in some Vikings here, but uh, there's some there's some Timberwolf stuff out there. You mentioned that camp starts in a couple of weeks here. The, the the season opener is on the horizon. The World Cup just finished up. Uh, let's start with an interesting name, a guy with a ton of deep playoff experience, a combo guard with one of the best teams in the NBA the last few years. Cameron Payne is available. What are you hearing? Is there any so – should, should we have our radars up at all when it comes to Cameron Payne in a Timberwolves uniform? Well, yes, Philip. Have your radar up. I am under the understanding that the Wolves are at least kicking the tires. He has officially cleared waivers, so Cameron Payne is an unrestricted free agent. The Wolves have an open roster spot, but hey, you can make a case, a compelling case, for Sacramento. 
Sacramento just made some moves. They could use a backup point guard. Memphis. But if you're also the Wolves, you should be thinking, okay, not only can Cameron Payne help us, but let's block him from going to a Western Conference rival. Remember, back in the summer, well, I guess technically it's still the summer. It's not technically fall yet, even though it feels like fall. But remember back in early July, late June, the Wolves made a nice offer for Monty Morris. Well, Washington ultimately trades him to, I think it was Detroit, right? But the Wolves made a competitive offer. In fact, Wolves people will tell you, hey, we offered more than Detroit. Washington just wouldn't send them our way. So we know the Wolves were trying. Now, Shake Milton can play backup point guard type minutes. Heck, Anthony Edwards can initiate stuff. Nikhil Alexander-Walker could, right? There are some options. Jordan McLaughlin, if you think, hey, Last year was, you know, more a mirage, not a trend, that there's more there, that maybe McLaughlin is more the player we saw a couple years ago. He still clearly is an option as the number two point guard. But bottom line, at least in my mind, if you made a move on Cameron Payne, he would be able to help you. So, yes, have your radar up. That is something that the Wolves at least are discussing internally right now. We'll see in the next handful of days if it extends externally. Dukes, on that note as well, um, with what Ant is, uh, you know, coming off of ha- having played in the World Cup, uh, where where do you sense this team is at? Because, again, I will say this. While I'm not a big fan of, of playing in in uh, tournaments that don't really? involve your team, you might know that. I am, a big, I am a big fan of the experience Ant got, and it did seem like in watching him play that this was a clear step. Where where do you think this team is as far as Ant's progression into, I would say it's fair, it's fair to say from a star to a superstar? Yeah, I mean, I was over there yesterday. I bonded with new Wolves assistant coach Corliss Williamson. There certainly is a buzz and energy over at Mayo Clinic Square. Now, Ant is not over there right now. Rightfully so. He is resting, getting ready for that first day of training camp on the 29th. But a lot of the young guys are over there working out right now. Luca Garza, Josh Minot, Wendell Moore Jr., guys like that. But, yeah, talking to Corliss, you know, some other Wolves people over the last handful of days behind the scenes, yes, they are excited. The question becomes, how does Cat react? He was fine when he came back from the injury last year. But is he fully ready to pass the baton mm. to fully acknowledging, Ant, you are the alpha? I now fall in line behind you. Yes, I'll get mine. I'm certainly getting mine on the Supermax extension, so I'm getting mine financially, but I'll get mine on the court. But, hey, this is clear-cut Ant's team. To me, it should be. I just wonder if, in the end, Cat is willing to defer that much to Ant. I actually think he is. I think. Well, like, I mean, last year he was. So, based yeah. on the evidence, the body of work we've seen so far, Phil, yeah, he is. He absolutely is. This is actually a great spot for Carl Anthony Towns, where I know that he has sort of shouldered, and some of it he goes a little over the top with, you know, everything's on me, it's all my fault, and the weight of the organization, whatever. But now you have another guy that actually sort of loves that. For for Carl, it, it, it feels like it's been kind of a burden, and some of it's because they've had a bunch of different coaches, and they went through the Jimmy Butler era, and it's like this is the most stable this franchise has been in a very long time. And the spotlight continues to shift more toward Anthony Edwards, who is the leading scorer for Team USA in the World Cup, right? I mean, he was, I mean, he, and he loves that spotlight. I think, I think Carl sliding in 
as a really good number two in this pecking order. It started to happen organically last year. Um, I actually, I have faith that he's going to embrace this and maybe even start to thrive with this new dynamic here if he can stay healthy. This this is probably the most optimistic I've been on Carl in a long time. I get it. Now, when you say the most stable the organization has been in a while, let me tell you, Phil, there's still weird stuff behind the scenes, the dynamic of A-Rod, Lori, the transition. Heck, will it be December or will it be March of 2024? That whole process, this last payment, some people that Mark and Alex have brought in, old school, new school. Now, do I think that ultimately impacts the roster, the locker room? Not necessarily, but stability-wise, I still have some question marks based on some stuff I've heard. Yeah. But I think team-wise, I think you're right. Right, just with Chris Finch firmly entrenched and the locker room being, I believe, yeah, pretty darn stable, especially based on what Cat did last year, embracing maybe this newfound role being secondary to Ant. So, yes, there should be a lot of optimism heading into October 25th, the opener in Toronto. The Wolves, hey, the Western Conference is still a bear, right? But the Wolves, rightfully so, have incredibly high expectations. But that's why I continue to say next summer, June of 24, July of 24, still has a chance to be pretty darn fascinating. Because if it goes sideways at all, I just don't know how you would run this thing back a year from now. So go go back, uh, Dukes. You said that behind the scenes there are still some things that are, I would say, to use your term, interesting and going on. What? Give me the cliff notes, uh, if there is one, of some of the things that might be an issue there, but be, beyond just, you know, philosophical old school from Glenn, new school from A-Rod and Mark. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much is the Cliff Notes version. But you think about maybe a couple people that Mark and Alex have brought in, them trying to establish what they're trying to accomplish, getting some blowback. It is just it's some old school, new school dynamics in play. I'm not saying there's bitterness, there's backstabbing, that it's out of control, anything crazy like that. I'm not painting any sort of picture like that. I'm just saying this transition to Lori, to Rodriguez, is still taking some time, people trying to figure out how everything is going to work. Yeah, do you think, well, let me, well, maybe let's, let's dig deeper here on the dynamic. So I know A-Rod, did A-Rod go on with Barrero like a few weeks ago on the, on the radio? Yeah, he was in studio. Now I see him all over the New York Post again. What did he do now? Threw a bunch of people under the bus. I mean, that's A-Rod, but yeah, he did something or oh, something that just back came to out. Steroids. Yeah. Yes. Okay. A big it's always something though, right? Even though that's not anything that's necessarily new. Yeah. The news is coming out now, but I'm telling you now, I've also said for a while, what I can gather about Lori, the times I've been around Lori, like, I really like him. There's a genuineness there. I do. Yeah. Right. And so the fact that Lori has gravitated toward A-Rod, makes me feel a little bit better, but there's still plenty in me that just wonders about A-Rod or A-Fraud, right? That that nickname isn't just made up, right? There's a reason why that's his nickname. Yeah, well, but, but here's, so I had heard, I know A-Rod talked a little bit about the sort of their view and approach on a new arena on that radio interview. I have, so something I have heard behind the scenes this summer is because they need a new arena at some point. 
They do. 100%. And, and, and they, and so from what I've heard internally, there is an understanding with Alex and with Mark, the uphill climb it would be with not only just like with this franchise's history in the last 20 years of kind of you know fumbling the ball time and time again, but also just how many stadiums and arenas we have publicly financed, you know, half billion dollars for the Viking stadium, you know, the, you know, the twin stadium 12 years ago, whatever it is that if they were to ask the public or, or try to go through the legislature to build a new arena, that they'd get a ton of backlash. And at best, if they got it done, it would take maybe 10 years. I have been told that they will try to privately finance a stadium or an arena, I should say. That they, that they would, now, it remains to be seen. That's what the United did, by the way, right? They said, well, let's let's just build it ourselves with private financing. Um, I think that'd be a great way to elevate this franchise into the good graces of the fans. If they came out, within like a year of their new ownership majority and said, hey, we're going to build a new arena for you long-suffering Timberwolves fans. Now, do they decide that's going to be too expensive? It's $1.52 billion to build a new arena. I don't know. But that would be that would be a really, really interesting development, I think, in the, in the, uh, the PR state of the franchise. Have you heard anything on that front? Well, yeah, I have heard that, that behind the scenes, yes, they realize it would be an uphill battle to get any sort of public financing, that privately financing a new arena is the way to go. I just wonder, where are they coming up with the finances? And I get it. They brought in multiple partners, okay? Well, hold on. So Let me stop you. It's not just so, Mark and Alex. Publicly, he- it's Mark and Alex. But there are other people with money in this thing. But how exactly, when there are still questions about them making this final payment, just to become majority owners... How then, in turn, in a year or two, Phil, are they coming up with the money to privately finance? I yep. think you're right. I mean, $1.5 to $2 billion is probably the number on a state-of-the-art NBA arena. Yeah. So what they could do, and there are some other examples of this, you can essentially have two different companies. You can have your your company, A-Rod and uh, Lori Corp, or whatever it is, that owns the Timberwolves. But then you could have a separate company with different investors for a real estate project. So you could build a new arena and you could develop. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm not reporting all of this, but you would build a separate company for the arena, different investors. If you've got commercial real estate investors in your uh, Rolodex (laughs) and they want to build new condos and and high rises or whatever. We know Mark has a bunch of those, right? So you can do that. Fictional or otherwise, but he's got them. Mm hmm. So that's I think that's what they would do if they private if they privately financed a new arena it would essentially be a different holding company with a different portfolio of investors than the ones that are involved in owning the Timberwolves. I wonder too if if they go th- that route. There's a guy um, I forget his name in Egan who has a ton of land right now, and he happens to oh it's the Wilfs own the Vikings and. I think if you privately finance an arena, the one thing I will say is I'm not building it downtown because I want all the parking and I want to build around that as well. Hmm. So like that, that would be, I, I would say if they privately finance, they won't go the Golden State Warriors route, which is in, in downtown San Francisco. I think they would abandon downtown and probably go like out to a place where they could have a ton of, you know, shops parking like you think about the experience now and it's becoming more and more an an overall experience where the owners of a franchise can capture 
all of the cash available. So that would be really intriguing because I don't think that you would privately finance uh, an arena on the Target Center footprint, and you would need help there. You might be able to do it in the suburbs. Well, I agree. I mean, it's not going to be that Target Center footprint. Could it be anywhere else in downtown? I mean, you need to be careful. I agree on this metropolis, you know, real estate all around, commercial, controlling the parking. But you need to be careful a little bit. Like, where exactly are you putting that? So let's say, hypothetically, Egan, right? Are you then alienating all your clientele in the West Metro? Orono, Lake Minnetonka area, right? I mean, that's a haul to get from Orono, all your season ticket holders, all the money out there, corporate sponsors, what have you, to get from there to Egan. So where is the ideal location if you are moving out of downtown Minneapolis? Yeah. But these are all conversations that are going to be. Well, sure, uh, these are. I mean, yeah, I mean, these are conversations that will be had. I mean, undoubtedly, no doubt about it. Hey, one other thing, too, just back to actually kind of going back to the campaign stuff, the Cameron Payne. uh, I I would love to see him on this team. I would, too. Playing 15, 20 minutes. I have Mm -hmm. two questions for you. Number one, where would he fit? Because they have a they've they have a pretty deep roster on paper here with some of the guys they've added and they brought Nas Reed back. So. Not that like Nas Reed and campaign would be fighting for the same minutes, but you got to find like 20 to 25 minutes for Nas Reed. So A, where would he fit if you signed him? And B, if he were to start to eat into, I just did the math on this. So last season, Jalen Noel, who was atrocious, and I thought, man, I thought that guy's stock was on the rise. He was atrocious. He played almost 1,300 minutes. Austin Rivers, all due respect, he's more of a podcaster than a than a NBA basketball player at this stage. But he's a career. great podcaster. He is a great podcaster <laughs> and a great guy. All right, yeah. a thousand minutes last year. Jordan McLaughlin uh, would have played much more than the seven hundred minutes he did play, uh, if not for the calf injury, and he was atrocious coming back from the injury. That adds up to three thousand minutes, or thirty seven minutes per game over eighty two games between Jordan McLaughlin, Austin Rivers and Jalen Noel. So they have signed some guys that are going to eat into those minutes, and Jalen Noel, I don't believe, is coming back. Uh, no. But but how much of it, if you can just eat up those minutes of negative value with positive value players, and then where would where would Cameron Payne fit, I guess? Well, I mean, he would be the backup point guard. Inevitably, Mike Conley Jr. at his age is going to miss some games, whether it's to rest or a legit injury. But yeah. to think that Mike Conley Jr. is going to play 77 or 79 games this year, to me, is pretty ludicrous. So he slots in as the backup two. Now that pushes Jordan McLaughlin down. Okay, Shake Milton, maybe then more off the ball. Troy Brown Jr., certainly off the ball. When you're talking about guys coming in that will eat up some of those minutes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker back, right? So you think about a full year of gnaw and Shake Milton, and Troy Brown Jr., but he's a point guard. Can he play off the ball? Sure, but like to me, Cameron Payne is a point guard. So he would be your backup point guard, and if need be, when Conley Jr. inevitably misses games, you know, depending on matchup, I mean, you don't need to start him, but he certainly could start as well. He's just, he's a guy that's done it in the playoffs, and to me, if you can prevent him from going to a Western Conference rival, like, I'll be shocked if Sacramento doesn't have interest. No. Heck, even Utah, you can make a case for Utah for campaign. Memphis has a lot of guys, but I can make a case that he fits in in Memphis. So, like, to me, if you can prevent him from going to one of those locations or elsewhere, 
in the Western Conference. I'm almost positive the rules won't allow him to go back to Phoenix, but I'm talking other spots in the Western Conference. To me, if you can prevent him from going elsewhere, you bring him in here, you do it. I think you could find minutes, but I get it. I mean, they're at 14. Sometimes you want to be careful getting to the full 15. You want some of that flexibility. Heck, at some point, would you like to convert Luca Garza to a standard deal? He's back on a two-way, but to me, he's very worthy of a standard NBA contract. So these are all things that Tim Connolly and company, you know, need to figure out. But there is something to be said about maintaining that flexibility, not getting the 15. If you did sign Payne, you would be at the full 15. Hey, before we keep going here on this uh, scoop session and reckless speculation Thursday, let's shout out our friends who are helping Doogie lose a lot of weight here the last two months or so. Absolutely. MNFatLoss.com. Thanks to them. I think about the boys. I have a 12-year-old, a 9-year-old. Basketball tryouts begin on October 7th. I need to get them ready for basketball tryouts. Well, guess what? I'm MJ. I'm LeBron. I'm Jokic. I'm Giannis with all my energy, with all my dreams. Doogie, it's Minnesota Fat Loss, helping you, helping you look less like a basketball and play more basketball. You got it, Phil. That's exactly it. I have the energy <laughs> to kick Droogie's behind one-on-one. I need to humble the 12-year-old. He thinks he's the greatest in everything, right? So it feels good to beat him one-on-one to 15 in the backyard. It's all thanks to my friends at MN. Fatloss.com. I began my journey on July 2nd. Since then, down what my goal was, 20 pounds on my way to losing 25 pounds. But it's not necessarily about the number. The number is important, no doubt about that. But it's more about having energy, having enough energy to play one-on-one, to stay up late for a Vikings game tonight, then get up early first thing tomorrow morning and have the necessary energy to go on with my day. So thanks to MNFatLoss.com, I have that energy. MNFatLoss.com's unique weight loss program makes it easy to lose weight, get healthy, and get your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. Many patients lose 20, like me, to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763-312-7600, 763-312-7600, or schedule online, mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, D.C. Results may vary. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, Judd where do you want to go here? Reckless speculation. Let's go Twins. Let's go Twins. Playoffs approaching, and um, they are going to make it. We still don't know who they're going to play because it seems to change uh, by the day. And and as Duke said, Houston is an option still. I've been saying Texas. Forget the Rangers. Now all the Rangers do is win, right? Five-game winning streak. Five, wow. five consecutive wins. That's who five the Twins consecutive won. Wins. Call me nuts. You want the Texas Rangers at Target so, Field on October 3rd. So, Dukes, recklessly speculating, as we are wont to do on Thursdays on this show, give me what uh, something that we did earlier this week. Give me your bullpen trust rankings, especially now that Griffin Jacks continues to scuffle enough where I think it's a little bit of, of a concern 
he can get it right before hopefully the playoffs start. But if he doesn't, I don't know that you're going to put him in as high a leverage situation as you might have a few weeks ago. Bullpen trust rankings, Doogie style. All right. Well, number one would be Duran. Number two would be Thielbar. Here's a better question. How many relievers are we talking about on that first round playoff roster? I thought my question was good, actually. Just to... <laughs> I, I know. keep going. I mean, I, I, even even better I, I thought it was Where do good. I put I mean... Jack? Because you're right. The recent hiccups make me pause. But overall, I really like Griffin Jacks. Probably 12, probably 12 pitchers. So three starters, nine relievers, and then 14 position players, right? Yeah. I think so. Yes. Yeah, for the 26. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Brock Stewart begins his rehab assignment with the Saints tomorrow. He threw another bullpen earlier this week at Target Field. He's feeling good. For that stretch from like June 1st until he went on the injured list, he was about, forget best reliever, best Twins pitcher. Yeah. But I guess I just need to see it with the Saints right. to rank could be a game pretty changer. high. But he would be up there if he passes the AAA test. All right, so Brock Stewart in the mix. Emilio Pagan, I mean, he's been in tougher situations, higher leverage. I mean, April, May, June-ish, I mean, a lot of low leverage situations, but he's being trusted a little bit more. I still Dude, have faith in with nobody on With nobody on base, he is legitimately having one of the greatest seasons in baseball history. <laughs> With runners right. on base, he gets it. So there's like a 400 OPS yeah. difference when the bases. If you can, if you can use him in the right situations, don't bring him in with a runner on second or something. You got to be careful with his usage. But he's, you know, he's been good. He's been good. So you know, I don't know how exactly rank them. I mean, Varland, Varland, Varland. Has a spot. yeah. I think you need a second lefty. So Funderburk, I've seen enough. So it's not Hedrick. It's Funderburk for me. But then, like, you have some decisions to make. So, Bailey Ober expected to start for the Twins tomorrow in Chicago. Is he in consideration for that first-round roster out of the bullpen? Who starts Maeda. the potential game three? Is it Joe Ryan? If so, Kenta mm-hmm. Maeda is yep. then in the bullpen. Yes. Right? So, you start going up and down the list. But, like, the real question is, after Thielbar, do we agree that Thielbar is number two on the list? Yeah. I think for so. Now. He- yeah, and he's just a le- if a lefty comes in in a high leverage spot, he's coming in. All right, so then who is yeah. number three? That's where I'm struggling. Who is number three right now? Let's go around it the room. Should be Jacks, but I'm just figuring out right now. Not right it's now. not Jacks anymore. Varland, Varland for me. Varland right now. Pagan. Wow. Pagan. I think it's Pagan wow. over Varland too. I think it's yeah. Pagan. Wait, 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 wait. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Your no, own no. peril. With guys, at your with, own with guys, peril. With guys on base, as Varland showed when he came in for Joe Ryan in the fifth. A couple nights ago, I trust Louis Varlin more coming in to put out the fire. Pagan, does, Pagan is like the fire marshal. He pulls up with the fire in progress, but you don't say, fire marshal, go put out that fire. Louis Varlin, he is going in. I think that he is my guy. But, but that being said, they have put in these rookie firefighters, i.e. Cody Stashek, in situations, and they have gotten burned. Numerous like times Var- in the playoffs. I like Varland more than I liked guys like Stashek. I will say that. He throws harder. Right, well, I sure. will say I like Pagan right now on this trust list. I like Pagan more than Varland. So, Declan, you and I are in agreement. Okay. <laughs> who's the who's reminder, the last guy? You know what this is a reminder of, this exercise? That Falvey and Levine messed up. But they had to bring in another reliever yep. on August 1st. They should have. 
right? And by the way, Dylan Floro, nowhere on my list. To me, yeah. he's not on that opening Agreed. playoff roster. Uh, Agreed. Completely. He was my guy there for a minute, but yeah. <laughs> so so here's what we got. We, we got three starters. The starters are going to be, I, I think Joe Ryan's your game three starter right now. So you got him and then and then Lopez and Gray. So now we're looking, if, if we think they're going to carry 12 pitchers, we need nine relievers. We got, we've got Duran, Theobar. Let's put Brock Stewart in there. Let's say he feels good and let's just okay. wishfully think here. Pagan, Varland, Maeda probably goes to the bullpen. Then that's six. Funderburk as a second lefty, potentially. And then Jax is going to be in there. Mm-hmm. We need one more guy. Do you put Dallas Keuchel in this mix for a little ground ball no. double play? No. I mean, I can't no. concoct a scenario, whether it's the Rangers, Blue Jays, Mariners, or Astros, that I want Dallas Keuchel in the game. Great interview. Hell of a career. He should be celebrated. But no, he should not be in the Twins opening playoff roster. Ober? Does, do you think Ober makes it? That's, to me, where it gets a little interesting. I mean, heck, Chris Paddock, Jorge Alcala, pitching right now for AA Wichita. Yeah. Would you consider I mean, pa- either I mean, one Paddock, of them? Paddock's just been Chris waiting in the wings. Chris Paddock is ready to, to pitch in the postseason. And team He's control been, as well. I mean, you've got all that beautiful team control. I'm just Chris telling Paddock. you, in Chris Paddock's mind, I'm just telling you, he's at Target Field one week from tomorrow for that start of, is that the Angels series? Is it Angels and oh. A's or is it A's no. and the Angels? Uh, I don't know the order, but yeah, they're both coming. Angels to are here next weekend. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I'm just telling you, in Chris Paddock's mind, he's at Target Field one week from tomorrow in the Twins bullpen. I don't think he's in their rotation, but speaking in the third person, spot starter, yeah. 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 I mean, Nobody if you need a spot starter, maybe like tomorrow, me, spot Chris starter, Paddock. right? They're pushing guys back a day, right? So they're using Ober. That's the idea, at least, to use Ober tomorrow in Chicago. So I guess maybe there's a spot start scenario for for Paddock, but. I would imagine in the bullpen, but I'm just telling you, one way or another, Chris Paddock believes he will be at Target Field on the Twins roster one week from tomorrow. So I, I think the one thing that uh, from these potential nine guys in, in the bullpen we're missing, it might be Kanta, but it's the handcuff to a guy who spectacularly flames out quickly. So, so like if you get a game two and I uh, and Gray just melts down, which I don't think he will, but let's just say or Joe or let's say Joe Ryan melts down in the third of game three. Who's the hand, who's the best handcuff guy where where you could actually get some length? It'd be Ma- Maeda. Well, I mean that's Varland, right? Varland can go three or Maeda. Yeah, yeah. it's not okay. o- Ober. Ober would be it's ga- you won game one and now you're down seven to one in game two and you just need to get through it okay. without burning all your pitchers. That like that is the only way I would put that's Bailey right. Ober in a playoff game. Well, I mean if you're down seven one after losing game one and then it's seven one in game two. No, I'm saying you win game one. Oh, yeah, you win won, game you one. Okay, game you win one. game yeah. one. You're down seven. Okay, yes. Tread yep. water. With you there. Yep. Okay. And you just got to, hey, we just need our full allotment for game three. Bailey, go give us as many innings as you can. You know? Yeah. So, hey, uh, what's left in your scoop bag here, Dukes? Give us some rapid fire scoops to, to close the pod. Absolutely. Aaron Sabato, Twins first round pick a couple of years ago out of North Carolina. He has been invited to play in the Arizona Fall League. Okay. Those rosters have not been officially announced, but when they are, you will see Aaron Sabato's name on one of the rosters. Good. What else did I write down here? Byron Buxton tested the knee after the cortisone shot on Sunday, tested the knee yesterday afternoon. My understanding is feels okay, but that's a big question, Mark. I'd love to see him in the lineup on October 3rd. We just don't know. Trying to predict where Buxton will be health-wise October 3rd to me is just 
it's a waste of time, unfortunately. Still the toughest guy in that clubhouse, but it's just it's been one thing after another. But my understanding is cortisone shot Sunday now feels okay here on Thursday. Nick Gordon begins his rehab assignment tonight with the Saints in Des Moines. Cody Lindenberg, Gophers linebacker, can make a case he's the second best defender for the Gophers behind Tyler Newbin. He has been out with a hamstring injury. It is trending in the direction of him making his season debut Saturday. Gophers at number 20, North Carolina. Twins playoff ticket strips go on sale to the public. On Monday, season ticket holders like Declan have already had a chance to scoop up. Declan's out. No, you're no longer a season ticket holder. No, I'm not. Okay, and you lost out, Declan. That's your fault. Yep, Yep. you would have already had an opportunity to buy tickets, but you blew it. I get to rage in my house alone and not pay $12 for beers. I can just drink my own beers. <laughs> Dudes, that was a big t- topic for like two weeks. Th- thanks thanks for tuning into the show. I know. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks the, for watching the, us. Declan yeah. talked the about rep, this for two The weeks. rep heard it and literally called me on my voicemail and said, I heard you mention this on our podcast. Give me a call back. It got back to the rep somehow. Well, they played hardball with him. They were like, "If you don't, if you don't lock in by this date, you're going to lose your uh, your like ticket holder ID number." And we're like, "I'm sorry. Are there fifty thousand people on a wait list <laughs> that are banging on the door to get to Target Field? You Here's make, make me an offer. You call that rep back. You say, "Hey, I need tickets for Game One, October third. You hook me up with tickets, and I'm back in for 2024. You should. It's actually not a bad move. Yeah, it's actually not pull a, a power move. play on them. You don't want to go though. Do. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. Because you're just going no, to sit watch in your house and stew. Yep. Because you can't be near anybody. You said that, that you're kicking the gal out, right? She will not be here. I Well, if not, I'm locking myself into a room, one of the two. I, I can't be around wow. anybody until they I'll win. Get Declan the game. In, a, in a twin straight jacket for game one. The nerves. All right, Doogie. Uh, great stuff here. Great scoop session. All right, boys, one more. Most sane future Gophers defensive lineman plays at Eden Prairie. Senior missed last game with an ankle injury. He's back tonight, Eden Prairie, at Prior Lake. All righty. There he is, mm. Darren Doogie Wilson from the 5 Eyewitness News sports team. You can find his inside information and uh, speculation about Minnesota sports teams here and on the Scoop podcast. So, Dukes, enjoy your football Thursday. We'll see you next week. Yeah, boys. Not sure Darrison Davenport, if they go tonight, are able to even do anything. Those ankles are troublesome. Yeah. Too bad. Those hobbled ankles. Just like that movie. Uh, what was that movie where James Conn got his ankles hobbled? Oh, uh, Misery. Misery. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much the Vikings. Oh, Misery, right? yeah. Yep. Kathy Bates. That's a nasty yeah. player Wasn't right he there. in the program, though? Hmm? Was yeah. he in the program? She- Declan was yes. he in the program? Yes, yeah. all the movies. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Perfect. Yes. Good. All right. See you, boys. All right. See you, dudes. Uh, right, hey, before we, before we go here, uh, Judd, if you could say a word about our favorite van, that would be much appreciated. Meet me. That, of course, is, is the van, Phil. Oh, meep, meep. thank you very much. That's the van that, of course, shows up at your house if you have any electrical issues. And that's the van of our friend, of uh, friends from Finch Home Solutions, Cody Finch and his team. Absolutely outstanding. If you think that van, those color schemes look familiar, that's because their two passions are making sure that if there's any electrical issues in your home, they're taken care of. And yes, the local football team. Uh, and and now, in fact, I talked to uh, Cody about this yesterday. An offer comes along that is going to actually um, put your mind at ease if you have any electrical issues. That is the Finch Friends and Family Plan, which includes one free electrical inspection a year, no dispatch fee. You go to the top of their priority list uh, if you do have a problem. 
and you get a 10% discount on all of the work performed in your home for just $9.95 a month. That's right. This is a, a is an insurance plan, an insurance policy. So if something goes wrong, or heck, if you just need work done, Finch Home Solutions is going to be there for you. Courteous, professional, quick. 612-357-2604. 612-357-2604 or finchhomesolutions.com. Finchhomesolutions.com. Make sure that if you do have electrical work done, that that's the van that shows up in front of your house because that's a van that assures you of quality. And if other mystery vans show up at your house, don't don't, you know what I don't approach them. Don't approach them. You can approach, much like a, you know an happened? ice cream truck, you can approach the Finch van, okay? He's very friendly. Eight o'clock last night, knock on the front door. Oh, that's no. way too late. First of all, you should never knock on anyone's door. But secondly, that's way too late to be just mysteriously knocking on people's doors. Dog but goes I, now, crazy. I stay put. So you, did you, like, look out the window? Like, did no. you crawl? No, I no, I, I was in. I was in my office here, and the knock came on the front door, but I didn't even, like, budge. I wasn't even going to. Dude, it's, Phil's it's right. actually terrifying to me when that happens. Like, it is, I think for a long time, generations, you know, people just knocked on people's doors. You open the door, the door and open. said, sir, I'm neighbor Jim from down the street, right? Now it's like, I just Jim. assume I that Jim. I'm going to open the door and get, like, someone's going to throw, like, a... Home like a invasion. blanket over my head and kidnap me or something. Home invasion. Yeah. That's my first thought. And I yeah, ain't sorry. going there. And and what's the upside? Like, who's going to be at your door where you're like, oh, so, I'm yeah. glad, really glad I, got I answered that door. the door here. Yeah. Like, if it's something wrong, someone will call you. Yeah. Like, there's or not, like, you know? Like, the odds of your house is on fire. I was walking by and just saw it. No, it's going to be a home invasion. They're going to tie you up. It's going to be bad. So, you likely avoided. A home invasion last night yeah. by not answering that door. Exactly. And I will not answer my door. There is no compelling reason anymore to get your door. I'm I'm confident that uh, despite my tiny little small frame, I can kick that person somewhere and run as fast as I can and they won't catch me. Yeah, but, but why? I don't know, man. There, but, but there's probably more to... than one of them. There's one knocking on the door, yeah. but then there's two other ones off to the side waiting guy, to corral you. Phil's, I had a guy Phil's knock exactly on the door what... like... Two or three weeks ago, because there was a uh, we remember the internet kerfuffle in this development. Yeah, there there was mm-hmm. there was a there was a there was a controversy going on between CenturyLink and Xfinity, and one of my neighbors had to like go through the backyard because there was a cord that was running. It was a whole, but he was very friendly. He knocked on the door. Granted, this was like one o'clock p.m. on a Tuesday, so it was it was a very friendly interaction. But I still answered the door. Still answered the door. But you kind of knew that there was an internet guy lurking, right? No, 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 yes, yes, that's also true. I knew there was an internet guy around, yeah. Okay. In general, head on a swivel out there. Okay. It feels right, too. The the um, the ring doorbell cams that are now oh, posted are great, on though. TikTok are terrifying because what happened? You should get one. 3 a.m. No, you just don't get the door. 3 a.m., knock on the door. It, it's a distressed gal, right? My car broke down right outside your house. I just need to use your phone. And then, like Phil said, in the bushes, two guys. Yeah. Well, like, but but what if it is like an emergency person and like it's a policeman or a fireman? You don't want the ring doorbell to see who it is. A policeman or fireman? Well, you why, know, why it, is there like a policeman coming yeah, to your door? And plus, they're fake. Then they're they're fake policemen or they're strippers. Yeah, 
Yeah, f- Phil's right. I, Dressed as fireman. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Wait. It, wait. Sucked in that if, wind tunnel. If a down fireman there and... knocks, if a fireman knocks on my door at three o'clock, he ain't knocking. He's axing it down because my house is on fire. Yeah. If he needs to get in, he'll get in. He'll right? get in. Right. I'm more on Judd's side with this. Yes, sir. You know, yeah. we had it. You know, I told you guys this story when we were in Seattle a couple years ago, and we were walking around. I think we were walking to like a Mariners Twins game or something. Yes. And Good so story. we're on the we're on a street corner. And a guy on a scooter comes right up. And there's some other people around, but we're on a street corner. A guy in a scooter comes up, and he's like, hey. And he's, ho- he's holding a phone, which I think was a prop. He's holding a phone. He's saying, hey, my phone died. And he's, like, being really demonstrative. Like, my phone died. I, I, I need to call my friends to, to find my friends. Can I borrow one of your phones real quick to call my friends? And I immediately jumped in. And I was like, No. Yeah. I'm sorry, we we aren't lending you a phone, and That's and it was fair. a little bit of a debate afterwards between my wife and I. We both, but then we both agreed like there's no upside. First yeah. of all, if he grab if he grabs, your, I said, hey, there's a coffee shop over here. I'm sure they have a charger. You can go charge your phone. Yeah. So he takes your phone and then scoots away, and now it's gone. Right. That's what right. I I don't know. Maybe that's just society today. No, I assume. No, no you're I think right. that's bad fair. intent in that moment. Yep. So I so. Years ago, I was at the airport to pick up Dawn, and I was at the baggage carousel, okay? And she was coming back. So I'm standing there, and a woman, probably in her 20s, 30s, comes up to me and says, can I use your phone? My phone died, and I need to make, you know, I I need to contact, blah, blah, blah. So she's standing right there. So I'm like, I'm probably like 33 at the time or something. I'm like, sure, fine. So she does. Seem, you know, makes a call, has me a phone back, leaves. Shortly thereafter, no good deed goes unpunished. An authority, it might have been an airport police, comes up to me and says, did you see this person? They they had used my phone because they didn't want to use their phone because they were being basically pursued. Wow. <laughs> now, I didn't lose my phone, but again. Did you, call the, did you see the number on your phone? Like what number it was? I don't remember. I just remember the fact that I'm like, I thought I did a solid here. And clearly I... I aided and abetted a criminal <laughs> well, but unbeknownst to you well i i know but but the point is you're right like like the upside if that guy had sincerely used the phone and been like you know thank you so much that's a five percent chance there's a 95 yeah. percent chance he's going to scoot off with with your phone and then use your phone for untoward things yeah you know so what we've learned is don't if don't ask people for to use their phone uh, out on the streets because yep. you're, it's probably shady. Yep. Don't knock on people's doors. And I'm going to add another one here that might be. I, this might be as controversial as the "don't use cash" one that I had a couple weeks ago. Okay. Don't call people. Don't call people. Unless call? it's like, unless you, I, unless it's like a you you have an you have an arranged. I agree with this. Like if your relationship yeah. dictates that you call each other, like I'm going to call my wife in the car, right? But if someone's not for me in that close trust tree, text message. Email, direct message, even like a voice memo, text message. Just text them. No, you did, we don't need to be calling people. Just you know? text them. I, I, I think the phone calls. You know, I think the two most egregious like things. Hey, I, Dex, how's it going? Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Well, well, we're just wasting each other's time. So, and and from a business standpoint, you should never call. Like if it's yeah, a colleague yeah. that you got something, just text. Shoot a that's, text. That's fine. But my two things now, the most egregious mis- uh, sins, in my opinion, are voicemails and knocking on doors. Yep. 
Should, we, should we do the the annual update on how many unlistened to voicemails Macadac has right now? It's been a long time. I think we haven't done this since the radio. 293. Oh, you don't just delete them? That takes time. Now you're so now you're leaving me a voicemail I don't want to listen to and as I have to go I delete call, it. It's, it's, you're being I selfish. delete it. As soon as I as soon as I get a voicemail, I delete it. All my Gone. voicemails are from my siblings. Literally all, all all of them. I just looked. Like my <sighs> brother calls me three times a week but like we facetime more than it's like a hey traditional let's go it on right right i think your brother's i think your brother's fine i'd rather facetime than a phone call yeah for sure i I agree with that i'm I'm fine with that but Mm -hmm. just text me or my sister or or don't whatever she never calls me (laughs) don't ever leave a voicemail hey judd how's it going hey judd no no because i won't pick it up i know you won't the only facetime i get is is when royce accidentally hits facetime (laughs) <laughs> and then just immediately hangs up. Let's see here. I didn't mean to FaceTime. Yeah, I tried to call you. Patrick does call. Patrick will call. Yeah, actually, but, I, but never I, leave a message. So no. he's fine. What's happening? Is this gonna get a nasty reverb back in our microphones, though? Hey, Judd. What's going on? How's it going? Average FaceTime in here. This is this is great stuff. Riveting. Absolutely riveting stuff. All right, we should probably end the podcast here now. That's it. Bye.